you kick down walls and anyone who tells you you can't you take your fears your insecurities your worries you roll them all up into a ball you turn those some bitches sideways and stick them straight up that candy out pick your goal and stick fucking to it you wishy-washy motherfuckers i can't fucking stand you I wanted to make sure that out of the 24 hours of the day, that I don't waste one single hour. Those hours were too precious. And so there I just want to tell people, don't give me this thing, I have a difficult time, maybe the time, and I don't have time for this, and I don't have that. You have time. You make the time. And now, welcome to the Be Informed Live Fit Podcast, sponsored by fitnessinformant.com. And he kill it while you sitting down, bitch, about how I triple my fan base Now worth bench, can't say dad's worse, bitch What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside episode 30 of the BM4 Live Fit Podcast I am your host, Fitness Informant founder and CEO, Ryan Buckeye Thank you all for stopping in, tuning in to this week's topic on Gym Etiquette 101 Last week I talked about multi-level marketing companies And I got a lot of positive feedback from all of you on Instagram and Facebook, people reaching out, people who used to be distributors and representatives to these multi-level marketing companies, reaching out with your stories, very powerful stuff, and I'm glad that what I spoke about last week resonated with you, and it resonated with a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people have have taken the time to actually break down a product label from one of these companies, and last week, on last week's episode, I did it on three three different products to show you exactly how much hot garbage exists out there in the world of multi-level marketing companies. But this week, we turn our attention to gym etiquette because Jesus Christ, I see some things sometimes that just drives me fucking nuts. And I can't believe people do this. I can't believe people do this, but not just people who visit the gym because they are at fault a lot of the times, but gym owners, a lot of gym owners are at fault for a lot of the things that are bad and poor within the gym environment in today's world. So today, we're going to focus on gym etiquette, both from the consumer side, from basically the people who buy the memberships, to the gym owner side and what they need to start doing to help us out within the gym. This is a special episode because this is really a a year since we started the Be Informed Live Fit podcast. Last May, May 2018, we launched our first episode with eight-time Mr. Olympia champion Ronnie Coleman, and we are kicking ass for a full year. Now we're on a weekly podcast. When we started the podcast, it was bi-weekly, you know, once every other week. That's why we're on episode 30. There's 52 weeks. You can do the math. We are starting to do this uh, weekly since I made FI my full-time passion, my full-time career, and weekly is what we do. Now, we try to get guests on every week. Sometimes that doesn't happen. When that doesn't happen, I like to be able to converse, debate, argue, whatever it might be, what's on my mind. And this week just happens to be gym etiquette because I've seen so many violations that happened over the last couple of weeks in my own gym And my God, I've seen plenty of violations happen in other gyms as well. But if you are a person listening to this podcast today and you do some of the violations that I talk about, you are responsible for doing some of the things that I talk about today, knock it the fuck off. That is my my advice for you. Knock it off, grow up, and treat the gym with the utmost respect. Because I'll say this later in the show as well, having a gym membership is not a right. It's a privilege. And if you break that privilege, 
your membership should be revoked. And that is what I want gym owners to take away. But before we get into that, we got to dive into some other topics of conversation. This week's pumped up segment of the week is being brought to you by Built Fast Formula's new stimulant-based pre-workout full blitz. It's just been awarded the number one rated pre-workout for pump by us here at fitnessinformant.com. And right now, Full Blitz is available in its 24-serving unit plus a free seven-serving of Vaso Blitz for $39.99 over at buildfastformula.com. Use promo code INFORMANT and you'll save 15% off the stack. Get 31 days of pumps even on your off days. I'm pumped up this week about some news that was brought to my attention from other brands. Multiple brands reach out to me and say, Ryan, what you're doing at Fitness Informant is pissing off some brands. You're, you're rubbing some brands the wrong way, and here's why. Your education content around their products is deterring people from buying those products, and it's actually impacting their sales. Well, Jesus Christ, it looks like we are doing exactly what we set out to do from day one. Educate the consumer base so that way when they make a purchase, when they purchase their next sports nutrition products, they make it from an educated, informed point of view. If you're mad and you're upset at me and Fitness Informant because your sales are being impacted negatively because the consumer now is educated and they realize that the products your brand is offering are subpar at best, don't be mad at me. Be mad at yourselves for formulating a hunk of shit of a product. Listen, if you're going to go out there and half-ass a formulation, expect people to pay the same exact amount for that formula that they could pay for a quality supplement. You're wrong. So you can be upset at me. You can be upset at Fitness Informant and, and our mission here. But at the end of the day, here's who you should really be upset about. You, your R&D people, your scientists, your doctors, whoever you have on staff or who's ever telling you that it's a good idea to release this product to the public and charge the same price as a product that works 10 times better than yours. I can't help the fact that when I educate my consumers, when I educate my fan base on products and they look at yours and say, Ryan, this product looks awful. What do you think? Well, you already know. You just told me that that product is awful. I don't need to be the one to tell you that it's awful. You already know this. You're starting to be educated. You're starting to learn the goods and the bads of sports nutrition. So yes, I'm pumped up when a brand gets pissed off at Fitness Informant. I get pumped up when brands are upset at me for shutting the truth on their products. Listen, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm not in the business of kissing ass and making friends. I'm in the business of educating consumers because they work hard for their money. Their supplements should work hard for them. If you expect a consumer to pay $39.99 for a 30-serving pre-workout that is underdosed to the point where you need to literally take two scoops, sometimes three scoops, to get effective dosages, then you're offering a subpar bad product. Your sales should be impacted. You should be ashamed of yourselves. If you're in the business of greed and you want to make a quick buck and you're going to build your business on branding only and offer subpar products, I'll eat right through that branding. I'll eat right through that marketing and I will dive right into the science of that product. That's what we do at FI. So you're damn right I get pumped up when brands are pissed off at us because they're starting to see a negative impact in their sales. I don't necessarily tell people don't buy this brand's product, but people aren't dumb. 
My people aren't dumb. They're getting smarter every single day based on the educational content that we are providing them at Fitness Informer. There's an entire ingredient portal over at FI, fitnessinformer.com backslash ingredients, in which the consumer can literally pick up your product, look to see what the dosage of beta-alanine is, for example, go to Fitness Informant, look up beta-alanine, find out exactly why beta-alanine exists in pre-workouts and sometimes even post-workouts or intra-workouts, and find out where beta-alanine should be properly dosed. If your label does not have it in that recommended dosage, they already know. Now, I use beta-alanine as an example because it's commonly one that's underdosed. Beta-alanine is also an ingredient that should be supplemented daily, so it may or may not be needed in a pre-workout, but that doesn't give you an excuse to underdose it. If you don't want to dose something correctly, don't put it in the fucking product. Simple as that. Unless, unless you're making a pre-pump stack. I kind of get that, right? You have maybe... 1.6 grams of beta-alanine in your pre-workout, and then you make a non-stim pump product that also has 1.6 grams in it. Okay, that, that pseudo makes sense to me. But don't expect to provide a standalone product with subpar dosages and have consumers keep buying into that bullshit because it's 2019. Brands, people are getting smarter. And primarily, I'm looking at legacy brands. Some of the legacy brands that are just sitting there stagnant not doing a damn thing in terms of innovation, coming out with the same shit over and over again. You will die. You will fail because consumers have access to all this information and good information, especially information from people like me and from Fitness Informant. That's not being cocky. This is what I set out to do with Fitness Informant. I set out to inform the masses to make sure that those who prey on the uneducated and prey on the uninformed through marketing and branding no longer can hit home runs and no longer can tout their success on ignorance. If you want to be successful, you better put your best foot forward and put that consumer first because I'll eat you up. I'll eat you alive. And if you don't think so, try me. I will. This isn't a threat. This isn't anything like that. But I'm saying if you have concerns, if you're concerned or you're afraid of fitness informant for whatever reason, it's because you're not confident in what you're offering the consumer. And the only way to be confident in what you're offering the consumer is to offer them something that's exceptional. Offering them something that works. Offering them something that is dosed correctly based on science. Not bro science, science. So yes, I get pumped up about this topic and I am excited, I'm stoked about my fan base, about the FI family becoming educated, becoming concerned about what they're putting in their body and actually wanting to put their hard-earned money towards something that's going to work hard for them. Supplements are not the end-all, be-all to success, people. They provide the extra 5 to 10% of a performance enhance that you may need. That's a lot, though, for somebody who works their ass off in the gym. And the last thing I want my family to do is spend that money on something that's not even going to provide a half a percentage of performance enhancing. Some of these might be deterrents. They might be detrimental to your performance. Think about that. Think about that. You spend $40 on a product that's actually detrimental to your performance. What the fuck, right? No more. No more. So I appreciate my consumers. I appreciate the FI fam taking notice and actually loving to learn about dietary supplements and sports nutrition. So when they go out, they are buying products worth every penny. And that's what exactly what we do at FI. Like We don't partner with any brand that doesn't offer something exceptional. If there's brands out there who want to partner with Fitness Informant, I'll, and they make bad products, I will not partner with them. That's not important to me. 
Money's great to pay bills and support a family and support a child. I love that part of it. But it's not the end-all, be-all. It's not something that I'm going to sacrifice my credibility on for a paycheck. Fuck that. It's never been about that. It's been about the consumer and consumer first since day one. Since October 1st, 2016, when we launched this, since the summer of 2016, when this became an idea on a golf course, it's always been a consumer first driven business model in which we are going to be successful because the consumers are going to make us successful. And that's exactly what it's been. So that is what I'm pumped up about this week. This week's Genius Moment of the Week is being brought to you by the Genius Brand. The Genius Brand offers high-quality supplements with scientifically proven, clinically-dosed all-natural ingredients. With a blatant disregard for profit margins, the Genius Brand focuses on creating innovative, industry-leading wellness supplements to help you live an active, healthy, and long-lasting life. Supplements smarter today. Check out the full reviews of the Genius Brand over at fitnessinformant.com. Genius Brand coming out with a new product aimed at gamers, esports. Genius Gamer is set out to be Set out to be launched here about end of May. We're going to be releasing that label here the week this podcast drops. Make sure you check that out. Very interesting targeting by the Genius Brand. Something I never thought they would do, but it's very interesting. My Genius Moment of the Week is a tip. If your cell phone and cable bill combined is more than what you spend on groceries in a week, you're doing something wrong. So if your cell phone bill is 100 bucks and your cable bill is 60 bucks, and you spend $160 on the both of them in a month... If you're not spending $161 a week on groceries, you are doing it fucking wrong. I hear people all the time say eating healthy is expensive. No, it's not. No, You know what's expensive? Your fucking cable bill. That's what's expensive. Your cell phone bill that you're paying $120 a month for. Are you fucking kidding me? When I grew up, we had, we, we had just regular rotary phones or fucking house phones, right? 20 bucks a month. $20 a month. Now, granted, there's convenience factor with a cell phone. It's a computer in your pocket. You get data. But at the end of the day, those text messages, those phone calls, that access to the internet isn't making you healthier unless you're using it to look up a healthy recipe or a workout plan, maybe on Fitness Informant. But God damn it. I get people all the time saying, like, it's not easy to eat healthy. It's expensive. What? Like, a fucking bag of rice, jasmine rice at Costco is $15, and it'll last you forever. You can get a thing of chicken for 20 bucks, and there's six packs of chicken, chicken breasts, for 20 bucks at Costco. It's not organic? Okay, sure. Buy the organic stuff, you get three packs for 18. That's what I do. It's still not that expensive. There's three chicken breasts in each pack. Depending on how much you eat, it's not that expensive. You don't need to go out and buy fucking filet, filet mignon. Like, that's not what you need to do to eat healthy. Like, you need a bag of broccoli or a fresh stock of broccoli is not expensive. A bag of rice is not expensive. A bag of sweet potatoes is not expensive. Lean chicken, cod, I don't like tilapia, but I know some people eat that. Like, buying a decent fish, it's not expensive. Flank steak, you get two of them for 20 bucks. That's $10 a flank steak. It feeds a family. But you'll go to a restaurant and spend fucking $10 on yourself, no problem, I mean, if you can even eat for that much on $10. You'll go to a bar and rack up a $50 bar tab, but that's not expensive. But eating healthy is. Or so you say. No, it's fucking not. Start putting priorities in place. Look at your budget. Look at what you spend money on each month. Your food budget should be your number one budget outside of your home mortgage and rent. 
and even some rents, depending on where you live, your food budget should be more than your rent. Now, most home mortgages are probably anywhere between fifteen and three thousand, fifteen hundred and three thousand dollars a month, depending on how big your house is, where you live, what taxes are. If you ask, girl, you should, depending on how many people are in your family. Like I budget two hundred dollars a week in groceries. That's eight hundred dollars a month. That's a lot of money, sure. But you get one fucking life. You get one body. You get one shot at this. Eating healthy should be the most important thing in your life because eating healthy can keep away all the bad shit. Diabetes, cancer. There's no guarantee it will. No, I mean, we know that. There's no guarantee it's going to keep all that stuff away. But it's going to increase your likelihood of longer lives, man. So the next time you sit there and you're at the grocery store and you're contemplating whether or not you should buy the boxed shit on sale because maybe money's tight that month, maybe you should reevaluate your, what you're spending your money on. Listen, I'm not here to say what you should and should not purchase. I'm just debunking this myth that eating healthy is expensive because in the scheme of things, it is not expensive. That $50 video game that you just purchased, that $10 a month Spotify that you have, that Sirius XM radio you have in that Jeep Grand Cherokee of yours. Think about all the stupid shit that you spend money on. And I know you're probably thinking, but those stupid shit I spend money on, it's what makes me happy. It, what, it's what makes fun. You know what makes me happy? Looking good, feeling good. That's what makes me happy. Because if you look good, you're, intrinsically your confidence is going to boost. You're going to have more fun anyway. And I'm not saying you have to be in shape to have fun. Listen, I, I know plenty of people who are overweight who claim to have fun. And that's great. But if you're going to start complaining about how expensive it is to eat healthy, I'm going to start calling bullshit because it is bullshit. It's a bullshit excuse. And that's what most excuses are. They're all bullshit. So just keep in mind, the next time that you complain about eating healthy and how expensive it is, reevaluate what you spend your money on each month. Your food budget should be number one outside of your mortgage. That's a fact. Nothing should be more expensive than your food budget. If you're spending more money on dietary supplements each month than you are on food, listen up, listen closely. Here's the truth. You're a fucking idiot. Supplements should never cost you more than food because they're supplements. They're meant to supplement a whole food diet. Your supplement budget should be a quarter of what your food diet is. Not even that. Like for me, if I'm spending 800 bucks a month on food, that would allow me $200 to spend on supplements. That's a lot of money each month. A pre-workout, a tub of protein, a, a thing of fish oil and creatine is really all you would need. And you don't even need pre-workout. But I'm a supplement review site, right? So I'm going to push supplements on you. left. No, I'm pushing health on you. I want you people to live healthier versions of your life. And that starts with eating at home, eating healthy. Then it starts to going in the gym and exercising and being active. Then, and only then, should you start incorporating dietary supplements into your life to help you achieve that extra 5 to 10%. So between this week's pumped up segment of the week and genius moment of the week, I hope you took away something, right? We're doing our job here at Fitness Informant. We want you to live healthier lives, so reevaluate what you're spending money on because I don't like hearing excuses. Excuses are bullshit, and that's a fact. When we come back, we're going to dive into what, what gym etiquette is all about. And what rules we need to start to follow as a fitness community. And if you break those rules, you should have your gym membership revoked. The BAR, Breakfast at the Ready, is finally here. The world's first protein bar made with real cereal pieces from some of your favorite cereals and the best cereals of all time. 
This bar has 20 grams of protein, only 20 grams of carbohydrates with five of them coming from sugar and four grams of fat, 190 delicious calories that you can fit in at any time. Any person can take this bar, man, woman, child, whether you're working out, you're training to build muscle, or you just need a healthy snack throughout the day, the BAR is your solution. Go to redcon1.com and order the BAR breakfast at the ready right now. <laughs> With the amount of hard work that I put in, I need a reputable brand. I absolutely love this stuff. The energy is amazing. The pumps are ridiculous. The flavor is absolutely delicious. I was blown away by the amount of energy, the muscle pump. It keeps me going throughout the day. Take your workouts to the next level. The energy was so crazy for me. Really gives me the boost I'm needing in the morning. You will train harder, you will see better pumps, you will go longer in the gym. The quality of the ingredients makes a difference. Try Rise, you're gonna love it, I guarantee it. Their products are top of the range and I'm very proud to be a part of Team Rice. For the last two decades, we have been the best kept secret of the supplement industry. We've kept our heads down and worked. We pioneered full label transparency and full therapeutic doses because we believe that truly hard work requires truly effective tools. Two decades is a long time to commit to one pursuit, but when you act with purpose and become centered in yourself, eventually you realize that you were born and bred for this. The things you once thought impossible, you now do every day. We don't like the easy way, just doesn't feel right. We'll take the long, hard road over a shortcut any day. It takes longer, sure, but in the end, you know you earned it. And with the right team behind you, pushing yourself further than you've ever been will be just another afternoon doing what you love most. Most of my life chasing what's termed as unattainable. An obstacle in my path, I torment it. Any limitation trying to control my environment, I tame it. Any excuses I transform into commitments. The haters, they're too small for me to even see. For 28 months before Cage Muscle even released, I broke myself against the world to identify, track, test, and trial the ultimate resources available in human existence to bring you something the world has never seen. Change is upon us. Don't justify your complacency. Evolve with me. Part animal, part machine. I'm Chris Gethin, and I am Cage Muscle. Right, guys welcome back inside the be informed live fit podcast again appreciate you all for tuning in for the last year for those of you who stuck by us for the last 
365 days. Your first time listening, thank you for stopping by and checking us out. If you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast platform or even here on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube to stay up to date with all the new podcasts here at Fitness Informant, uh, Be Informed, Live Fit Podcast. Make sure you write us a review as well. It helps out the algorithm on the different podcast platforms so that way we can get in front of more people and help educate more people with the mission that we have here at Fitness Informant. I also would be remiss if I don't mention Raise Energy. As you see, if you're watching on YouTube, we have the Raise Energy ticker here at the bottom of the screen that talks about the supplement news for the week. Uh, We're going to be doing something cool with Raise Energy here in terms of the Stiff Elbow Challenge or Stiff Arm Challenge. So make sure you're checking out Fitness Informant's social pages over the next couple of weeks here as we do a Raise Challenge, which will then be giving out cases of Raise to people who uh, who participate in the challenge. So Raise is, is my favorite energy drink. It's the official energy drink of Fitness Informant. It tastes great. 300 milligrams of caffeine is a lot, but it's all you need. Uh, so Raise Energy is, uh, is top-notch in my book. We just published our new Raise Energy review over at fitnessinformant.com where we break down the flavors. Some really good stuff. So a lot of you people are tuning in this week to talk or to listen uh, essentially on Gym Etiquette 101. Now, coming into this podcast, I had you know five things that I wanted to talk about from the consumer side, but really it's six things from the consumer side and two things from the gym owner side uh, that I need to talk about. So let's talk about Gym Etiquette from the consumer side or from the gym goer side first and foremost. Number one, oh, this one gets me. Number one is going to be hygiene in the gym. Wear men, women, wear fucking deodorant. Shower before you come to the gym if you need to. I can't tell you how many times that I've been in the gym where I walk past somebody and the stench is just unbearable. And they literally just got there. Now, I get some people just genetically smell like shit, okay? And that's unfortunate. But they make a lot of good good deodorants, a lot of good antiperspirants. They make a lot of good body sprays out there, okay? I know this because I've smelled people that smell glorious, and I mean that in the most positive way. But in the gym, just because you're in the gym does not give you the right to smell like complete trash. Now, I have gotten through a very intense workout at the end where I don't smell great, but I still smell better than people who just literally walked into the gym off the street for the first time that day. And just reek of terribleness. And I know you, you guys and girls listening to this have probably experienced this before too. But if you, you run into somebody who you know didn't use deodorant that day, it can really ruin your day. It's, just, it, it's a terrible experience. It smells awful. And especially if you're working out on a piece of equipment next to them, it's tough. It's not easy to work out next to somebody who smells like shit. And what do you do? Do you walk up to him and say, dude, hey, honey, you smell awful. No, you don't because we're too nice of a society, at least in person. On a keyboard, fuck, yeah, we'll, we'll say it on a keyboard in a heartbeat because we're not afraid to type our feelings. We're afraid to talk our feelings. Listen, I'm not going to walk up to somebody and say, dude, you smell awful, unless it's my friend. If it's my friend... And they smell terrible, I'll say, bro, you smell like fucking shit. I have no problem saying that to my friends, not at all. I also talk terrible to my friends. That's what we do. We're bros. We're friends. We talk terrible to each other all the time. It might be a man thing, too. I don't know if women do this, but men do it all the time. Like, I literally go up to my friend and say, bro, you're fucking an idiot. You're an idiot. You're dumb as shit. You smell awful. You're a pussy. Like, and those are things that we say. Or you're looking small as fuck today. You know, that's what men do. I don't know if women do that. But that's not something you're going to do to a stranger in the gym. 
But it's unfortunate for the rest of the lifting community that's in the gym at that time to have to deal with that poor hygiene from that person. It's gross. I'm sorry. It's disgusting. Nobody likes that shit. Nobody likes that shit. Gym etiquette, too. It kind of goes hand in hand with this. But I've seen this happen all the time. And quite frankly, it fucking disgusts me. How many of you listening right now have gone to the bathroom at your gym? And there's somebody else in that bathroom at the same time doing their thing, going number one or number two. And when they're done, instead of walking to the sink to wash their hands, they walk out the exit door and go back to lifting. Fucking yuck. What are you doing? You literally, in my case, you literally just had your hand on your dick. And now you're going to go back out and grab a barbell or dumbbells that I potentially might be grabbing in a little bit? Yuck. Yuck. What are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? First off, I am an advocate of washing your hands after going to the bathroom every single time, even in your own home. Whenever you go to the bathroom, it's not sanitary. Things happen below the waist during the day. It's hot. It gets sweaty. It is gross. That's the fact of the situation. And if you're putting your hand down there, if you're a man or even a female, you need to wash those paws and clean those paws up with soap. Not just water. Use fucking soap. But at a gym, in a place of public access where other people are sharing the same equipment that you are using, you have the audacity to take a poop, wipe your butt, and not wash your hands? What, what the fuck are you doing? This is, this is something now that I want to start talking and saying to people. If I see somebody in a man's locker room taking a piss, walking out, and not washing their hands, I want to walk up to that stupid son of a bitch and say, what are you doing? Do you respect this place that you're at? Do you respect the gym that you're at? Because you don't. No matter what you tell me right now, I'm going to say that you don't. Because you literally just walked out of that bathroom after grabbing your dick, not washing your hands. Yes, that's vulgar. It's gross. But what's even more gross is the fact that they just did that and didn't wash their hands. Think about it. It's disgusting. And if you're listening to this podcast and you have been at fault of this before, shame on you. It's gross. Disgusting. It takes 30 seconds to wash your hands with soap and water. What'd they teach you back in school? Sing like the ABCs or something, right? It doesn't take that long. It's not going to throw off your workout. It's going to help everybody around you enjoy their workout that much more in a cleanliness environment. Stop being an asshole. Wash your fucking hands. So that's the personal hygiene's one and two. Make sure you're wearing deodorant, body spray, something. Don't smell awful and clean your fucking hands. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking about this right now and it just disgusts me. Both those things just disgust me. It's not good. It's not good at all. Now let's talk about some of the things with inside the gym that piss me off quite a bit. Number one and the most blatantly obvious thing that you should do if you attend a gym is re-rack your fucking weights. 
I cannot tell you how many times I've walked into my own gym. I work out at a niche gym in Minneapolis, Minnesota that's designed more for the hardcore lifting community. It's not a strongman gym. It's not necessarily a bro bodybuilding gym, but it's more of a hardcore gym than your Anytime Fitness or your LA Fitnesses of the world. It's not a big box gym. It's a small gym, smaller clientele, people who you would think would respect equipment just a little bit more, but the fact of the matter is they don't. I will walk into the gym at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and I will see in the squat rack two 45-pound weights on each side of a barbell just sitting there. Nobody's been on it for hours. What people don't realize, and they probably think it's okay because eh, it's okay. Somebody else left it so I can leave it too. Those barbells are fucking expensive. Barbells can cost as much as like $1,500. And when you have two 45-pound weights on each side, that right there is 180 pounds plus the bar is 225. That weight is being pulled down by gravitational forces. That's how the world works. That's how mass is determined. The gravitational pull of your body weight is what your mass is. So when you have that much weight on a barbell that's up in the air, the gravitational forces are pulling those weights down, bending that bar. That bar is bending. Yes, that bar is high quality, it's expensive, but it will bend. And the more you continue to abuse that bar by leaving weights on it, the more and more that bar is going to suffer, bend, and at some point that bar is going to be rendered useless. And a new bar will need to be, will need to be purchased, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit from the gym owner side of things. How hard is it? If you, can, if you can take weights off the rack to put on a barbell, why is it so fucking hard to put them away? Is it because you're tired after that last set? I guarantee if I see a lot of these people who leave their weights on a barbell after their last set, they probably haven't even broken a sweat. Don't tell me you're too tired to unrack your weights and re-rack them because you're not. You're just fucking plain out lazy. And you're disrespectful is what you are. Again, this gym that you go to, it's not, a, it's not a right that you get to go to the gym. It's a privilege. The gym is a place of worship. It is a church to some people. You respect that gym. I respect mine. Gym equipment is not cheap, people. If you don't believe me, Craigslist it and Google stuff. It's expensive. I've looked into building my own gym for years. It's a big investment to buy this equipment, especially the cardio stuff. And it's not just the free weights that are left around on barbells. It's the dumbbells, too, that are left on the floor in all areas of the gym. What? Why? Like, those are even easier to put away than the, than the weights, than the free weights. You walk into the gym and you see just a, a, an assortment of dumbbells laying on the floor and nobody to be seen in sight. How is that even possible? How does it even come to fruition? What happens when somebody's going through all this, you know, if they're going through like a circuit or whatever they're doing, high-intensity training, and when they're done, they just think it's okay to leave a bunch of dumbbells lying around the gym. I don't get it. And it could even be something as simple as chains and bands. Put them back where you got them from. Case in point, today I'm at the gym. I'm looking for some resistance bands to do, do an exercise I want to do uh, on push day for, for, for barbell chest. I couldn't find two matching resistance bands to save my ass. Never had this problem before, but now they seemingly gone missing. And I'm not going to take my time in the gym to look for this stuff. It does not take much time to take what you just took off that rack and put it back when you're done. It doesn't take any time at all. The only thing it takes is respect. And if you can't do that, then you have none. And then your gym membership should be revoked. 
I'm serious about this. I think it's disgusting. I think it's so disrespectful when people don't re-rack their weights. The leg press is a, is a huge, huge place where this happens. People stack that some bitch full of weights. They get done doing their last quarter press, right? Because they never do they never do a full range of motion press with that much weight. God, no, that's not possible. They just want a cool little picture or video for Instagram showing that they put a thousand pounds on the leg press and they maybe got it down a couple inches and pushed it back up. whoop de fucking do Take an Instagram video of you putting away your fucking weights next time. That's more impressive to me than doing a quarter press with that much weight. At least then I can clap for that. At least then I can give you props for that. I'm not giving you props for a quarter fucking leg press. I'll give you props for putting your weights away because that's the right thing to do. And you know who the biggest violator of this is? The biggest violators in the gym of not re-racking and putting away their weights? Turn your radio up. Turn your headphones up because right here is a fact. The biggest violator of not putting away weights and re-racking weights are personal trainers. People who are training clients will pull off so many different dumbbells and weights and they never put them away. I see it all the time. The one person, the one person in that gym that should have respect for the gym, the one person in the gym that should be the one that you could count on to re-rack their weights, they don't do it. So if you're a personal trainer listening to this podcast and you've been guilty of not re-racking your weights... You should be ashamed of yourself. It's not that hard. You know what? Here's the thing, too. Make your client put the weights away. That's part exercise. They should be able to put things away when they're done. It's not hard. You have somebody with you to help you put away stuff, and you still choose to not to do it. It's unbelievable. It is unfucking believable how many times this happens. And as a caveat to that or an extension to re-racking your weights, put your weights back in the right spots. I don't know how this happens. I don't. But most gyms have free weight racks and dumbbell racks that clearly state what weight goes where. A 45-pound plate has a sticker on the, the rack that says, here's where the 45-pound plates go. Here's where the 25-pound plates go. Here's where the 10-pound plates go. Here's where the 30-pound dum, dumbbells go. And somehow they never get put back to where they're supposed to go. Is it because as gym goers, we're lazy to find the spot? Like gym owners should have a staff that goes through every day and put weights back to where they're supposed to be. But somehow they still end up mixed up at the end of the next day. I don't know if it's because we can't read, we don't know how to do math, if we're just plain fucking dumb and lazy, but it's not hard to take a 45-pound plate, look for the sticker that says 45 pounds, and put that weight back there. Dumbbells, they literally have cutouts for them. I mean, it's stupid easy. Here's where the 50-pound dumbbells go, but somehow the 35-pound dumbbells find its way in the 50-pound dumbbell spot. Are we in that, that much of a hurry to be able to do things correctly in the gym? I don't, I don't know. I guess we are. It's unbelievable. Re-rack your weights and re-rack them in the right spot. It's not too much to ask. I'll tell you this. If I owned a gym, and someday I probably will, I'm going to have a three-strike policy. Strike one's a warning if you don't re-rack your weights. Strike two is your final warning. And strike three, your, your membership's revoked. Because if you can't have respect for my equipment, then you don't deserve to come to my gym. 
I don't need your $60 a month membership or whatever it might be. Because in the long run, your disrespectfulness towards my gym is going to cost me more money and equipment because you're too fucking lazy to put stuff away. The problem with that, saying that sounds great, enforcing that is a whole other story. And I think gym owners talk a big game sometimes, but they're afraid to take away gym memberships because when they do, they're taking away income from their gym. But they don't look at it from the flip side of on that equipment, how much that equipment costs them, and they need to. You need to invest in your equipment. You need to invest in your people. And by how investing in your people is to ensure that you have well-functioning equipment inside that gym. So gym owners, take, take, take notice. Stand by something and do something about these people who are not respecting your gym. And if that means a personal trainer is disrespecting your gym, let them know that that is not going to happen at your gym. If they want to earn an income at your gym, they need to follow the rules and be respectful of that gym. They took an oath to be a personal trainer for a lot of things. They can take an oath to re-rack their weights in your gym. Trust me, they can and they should. Number four in my book comes down to a little bit of hygiene and a mix of equipment. And it's when you sit on a piece of equipment or use a piece of, of equipment and you're just soaking wet with sweat. And you get up and you can literally see the outline of your back on that flat bench and you just walk to something else, what are you doing? Every gym has some sort of alcohol spray or some sort of disinfectant spray that you can use to clean up that piece of equipment that you just got done using. Clean it up. Nobody wants to walk up to a piece of equipment that has been soaked with sweat and use it. I, last week, I literally just walked up to a flat bench, and you could see the outline of the guy or girl that just used it. Nobody around. Disgusting. Now you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, well, it's just body sweat. I don't care. It's not mine. Clean it up. Takes two seconds. A lot of places just have those disposable like rags now that they have, like the, uh, like the hand towel containers hanging around the gym. You grab them out, you clean it up. Some places have the spray bottle and towels like mine. Every time I'm done doing something, I clean it up. Because what happens when you don't, if you've ever used a piece of equipment where you start to see the, the leather or the fake leather start to crack and sometimes it rips open, you can see the interior portion of the bench. That's because it's all that sweat and the salts that come out in your sweat that are eating away at that material. That costs the gym money. That's why your gym memberships are what they are. They need to pay for this equipment. Not to mention it's just fucking gross. It's disgusting. There is nothing cool, remotely cool, about walking away from a bench, leaving it drenched in sweat. There's just not. I, you can't convince me one thing in the world that's cool about that. I know you're listening to this right now, and I know everybody has literally seen all these violations that I've talked about. The no deodorant, the no washing the hands, the not re-racking the weights, the not re-racking the weights in the right spot, and the sweating over equipment. It's gross. And those are all really bad violations. And I know more violations are, you know, talking on your cell phone, carrying your gym bag with you, and putting your gym bag on equipment. Like, these are all things I could spend a lot of time on. I don't like the fact that people carry a gym bag with them in the gym. I don't like it. But I also know some gyms are shady as fuck, and people steal things out of lockers. So I understand that. Just keep your gym bag out of the fucking way. There's no reason a bench press should be the holding area of your gym bag, Okay. Your gym bag should never go on top of a piece of equipment. It should stay on the floor, out of the way so nobody trips on it. Then it's okay. But if you have, if you think your gym bag is that important that it needs to take up a piece of equipment, 
You deserve to be slapped. Because a gym bag should be sitting on the floor out of the way so nobody trips over it. And texting, selfies, talking on your cell phones, okay? That is a huge thing. I'm, I'll tell you this. I've taken pictures in the gym before of a pump, okay? I've answered emails in the gym before, but I get off my piece of equipment. I don't sit on a bench answering emails, making sure I occupy that bench for a long time, okay? These are all gym etiquette pieces that are, that are important, but I'm not going to spend a super long time on. But you know this. Somebody who walks around the gym on their cell phone or hands-free talking, that's, it just looks dumb. Go in the corner and do something else. Get out of here, okay? Another thing that bothers me that I'm not going to spend a ton of time on is when people think that they can use like three, four pieces of equipment at one time. They're doing a circuit, and then when you try to use, say, the, uh, the lat pull-down machine, they say, hey, hey, bro, I still have two sets on that. Well, when? You're not standing by it. You're not sitting on it. You can't call and own four pieces of equipment in the gym. That's just not necessary. If you choose to do a circuit, that's on you. If I'm going to use a piece of equipment that you were used two rounds ago, okay, you can't say a damn thing because you're not on it. If you are not currently using that piece of equipment, that piece of equipment is open for all to use. Fact. So if you ever run into somebody in the gym that says, hey, 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 we have two more sets on that. Personal trainers do this shit all the time. You turn to them and say, not now you don't. You do when I'm done. Because you, you pay the same gym membership as everybody else. You have access and the right to use all that. You have the privilege, excuse me, the privilege to use that same machine just as much as everybody else. Nobody can call dibs on a machine in the gym. That's not how it works. I don't care that you designed your workout to do six different lifts in a period of four minutes and that includes six different machines in the gym. You can't, you can't claim ownership over six different pieces of equipment. Knock it off. Now you're being a fucking idiot. These are all things that, that piss me off, right? That one really irritates me, though, too. That one is just up there re-racking your weights, like calling dibs on a piece of equipment. Like, who the fuck are you, all right? Phil Heath could say that he has dibs on pieces of equipment, and I would still use that fucking piece of equipment because I'm in the gym just like he is, clanging and banging, trying to better myself. I'm not waiting my turn for somebody who might not be using that that machine or a piece of equipment for a while, if you're not currently on that machine using that piece of equipment, then it's currently open for anybody to use. Don't act like it's different. And here's why they think that. And here's one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to gym etiquette is ego. Egos in gyms are massive. Check your ego at the door. I can deadlift 555 pounds. That does not make me better than anybody else. That does not give me the right to call dibs on any piece of equipment. That does not give me the right to be able to do whatever the fuck I want in the gym. I still need to abide by all the rules that everybody else abides by. Just because I'm strong, just because I'm lean, it does not make me better than anybody else. I don't get this whole selfish attitude we have in the gym community. So what you have abs? So what you have 22-inch biceps? So what you just squatted 500 pounds? i fucking done that. I don't care. Like, it's impressive. Great. You look fantastic. If you're not using that piece of equipment right now, I'm going to fucking use it. 
Egos in the gym are the reason why many people are afraid to step into a gym. It's intimidating. People are mean and rude and disrespectful when they obtain a huge ego. I'll be the first to admit, I have a slight ego in this space, okay? But and when I go into a gym, I'm very respectful. I make sure I ask if somebody's on a piece of equipment. I put my stuff away. I clean up my, my, my station when I'm done. I attempt to help others when they want help or when I see them doing something that's uh, instructionally wrong. You know, they may not need, want the advice, but they may not know. So I tend to try to help them if I can. Ego is not needed inside of a gym. It's not. It's technically not needed anywhere. But that's one piece of gym etiquette that I can't stress enough. Because it's those with egos that'll walk into the gym that won't re-rack their weights, that won't put their weights back in the right spots, that won't clean up that gym equipment, and that'll take a piss and not wash their hands because they have a fucking ego and they feel that they're above all the rules of the gym. Newsflash, people. No one is above the rules in the gym. Not a personal trainer, not a power lifter, not a bodybuilder, not anybody with an ego. The gym is a place of privilege for people to go to have iron therapy for stress reduction, for anxiety reduction, to help them in their battle with depression, to help them better their life through physical fitness. That's what the gym's for. The gym is not for anything other than that. Which brings me to my last point on the consumer side. The gym is not a place to go to have conversations. If I'm at the gym and you want to say hi to me or give me a head nod, that's fine. But please, don't come up to me and try to have a conversation. I'm sorry. I'm not there to have a conversation. When I'm in the gym for an hour, hour and a half, I'm there to work. I'm there to work my ass off. I'm there to better myself. If I wanted to have a conversation, I would have picked up the phone and called you. If I wanted to have a conversation, I would have asked you out to lunch to have a lunch date. At the gym, I'm there to work. And what drives me insane is when I go to the gym and I just see people standing around talking, and those are the same people who complain why they can't seem to make progress in their life. Spend less time talking and more time working. Put the effort that you put into that conversation with your buddy into that next rep or into that next set. It's unbelievable how many people go to the gym just to have conversations. Like I get, a lot of people are like-minded individuals, right? Your friends, your friend group might be at the gym. So have a conversation at the start of your session and be done. Like if I'm, if I'm in the middle of deadlifts and I've just done two, two sets, pretty intense sets, and I'm about to go for, say, a max of, of 505 or 545 or even 555, and you think it's a good idea to come up to me and start talking to me, it's not a good idea. Okay, this is not a congregation where you just... Talk amongst each other. I'm sorry, but it's the fact. Like, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but that's the fact of the matter. When I'm in the gym, when somebody is in the gym and they're serious and they're putting their health as their number one priority, they don't want to be talked to. And what's even more mind-boggling to me is when I have my headphones in and somebody comes up and wants to talk to me. I have headphones in, people. I'm listening to music. I'm listening to a soundtrack that's going to help me push some fucking weight that day or pull some weight or do heavy-ass squats. I don't want to be talked to. So don't come up to me and try to have a conversation. A, I don't have time. 
I budget time for the gym because I have a business to run. And I know many of you listening to this work full-time jobs. You have maybe an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours at the gym. You need to make the most of it. You shouldn't spend half that time having conversation. Standing around having conversation means you're wasting time on trying to be better. It's a fact. If you want to better yourself, you put the work in in the gym. That's how this works. So there's many things in terms of gym etiquette, right? Take a shower, use deodorant, clean your hands after you're done going to the bathroom. Make sure you re-rack your weights and re-rack your weights in the right spot. Wipe down the equipment when you're done. Don't call a piece of machine as yours if you're not using it. Don't stand around and have conversations at the gym with people who are trying to get lifts in. And check your ego at the fucking door. as we speak. We've been hyped about this for months and the time is finally here. So let's go check it out. In here. This is it. Galaxy Burst. This flavor has a burst of candy with a hint of tart, leaving your taste buds begging for more. It's fruity and creamy, yet sweet and tangy. After months of testing and formulation, this galactic flavor is sure to take over the galaxy. Now let's give it a try. So good. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, time to go. Happy Monday, Holden. Look what we got. Hold brew vegan protein concept. Dude, rescue. Forget it. Knuckle puck set up right there. Next stop on the ghost tour. Body power. <laughs> Men's crops. There you go. Your mom's sticker pack. Right? He's oh. kitchen his back. Now, gym owners. You, you don't get the right to get out of this conversation because you do things that are just as irritating as other people. Number one, I kind of, I've kind of already spoke about it. You don't practice what you preach. You have rules around the gym saying don't do this and don't do that. You have camera systems that can validate what's going on in your system, in your gym. If you see people violate gym rules, you need to do something about it. Otherwise, you're just smoking mirrors. Nobody's going to ever take you seriously. If you say that re-racking weights is a necessity, then make it a necessity. Reprimand people. Take away their gym membership. You own that right. 
And it's not a right for them to attend your gym. It's a privilege. Remember that. You provide that platform. You provide that space for them to work out. Not them. That equipment that's in the gym, you paid for that. You lease that. Not them. Take care of your stuff. Enforce the rules and put your foot down. So what if you lose one member at 50 bucks? Who gives a rat's ass? Your equipment will thank you. Your other members will thank you. We'll be more loyal to you for being enforceful on the rules. This isn't a fucking playground, people. This is a place of business. You need to have a presentation. You need to have the best of the best. And if you're just going to allow people to leave their shit lying around and wrecking your equipment, it's going to either cost you money or it's going to ruin your business in terms of presentation. Another thing, gym owners, you need to start doing is replacing equipment in a timely manner. This is, this is I, I'll speak of this as a personal experience. I have this at my home gym now. A piece of equipment, a Stairmaster right now has been broken for over two weeks. It's still in the gym and has not been replaced. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. If a piece of equipment breaks, you should have that new piece of equipment in there the next day. The next day. Two weeks is, it's not acceptable, okay? It's, it's, it's so bad. Because for two weeks, your gym members are talking about how that same piece of broken equipment is in the same spot, and there's a sign on it saying the new piece is coming. How do you think that makes you look? How do you think that makes your gym look? You need to replace this stuff. We're paying a gym membership for access for this stuff. We are paying, a, paying for the privilege to use this stuff. The least you can do is provide this stuff. So when something is broken, either get it fixed or get it replaced immediately. If you notice that a cable machine is starting to hold up because the, the cables are bent or they're fringed or something, you need to replace that and fix that. It's not okay to have half-ass working gym equipment. This is a place of business. You need to treat it as such. And I know we've all been to gyms before around the country in which something's been broken. But if it's at your home gym in which you're used to going every single day and you see these things, you need to bring this stuff up to the owner because they need to address it and fix it. Gym memberships aren't free. We pay a good amount. And we understand that gym equipment's expensive, but that is what you signed up for as a gym owner, to provide that stuff to us. So it should be replaced and fixed immediately. Other things are when equipment, there's wear and tear. The padding on a flat, bell, flat, flat bench, for instance, if it's starting to fray or starting to get a hole in it, get it reupholstered right away. Unless you are Metroflex in Dallas, Texas where you are as old school as old school comes, and you don't change it because that's your mantra, you need to change it, okay? You're not Metroflex in Dallas, Texas. There's only one of those. Gym equipment should be looking nice. It should be presentable. And think about this. If you enforce the rules and you make people clean down their gym equipment, you won't have to reupholster stuff very often because I know that's not cheap either. If, you're, if your consumers take care of your equipment and follow the rules that you enforce, you'll have less equipment breakage, less reupholstering, less work to do as a gym owner. It starts at the top. It starts with you to enforce these rules amongst your gym goers. I'm not saying as gym owners you need to provide music and you need to provide you know, all these other amenities. Like It's nice to have a shower. It's nice to have a water fountain. It's nice to have good equipment. 
what you need to do is just make sure that, that they work and make sure that they work well. Because that's how you're going to keep a loyal fan base, keep a loyal customer base. Because there will be times when people in your gym will look at that broken piece of equipment that has not been replaced in weeks and start contemplating if they should start going to the gym down the street, one that actually cares. Because what it shows us as, as people who go to the gym, as patrons who go to the gym, it shows us that you don't care about us when you don't replace the equipment. Now, I can understand sometimes it's hard to get a piece of equipment overnight. Okay. But you can always get something. There's something that, there's no excuse that it should take over two weeks to replace something. Gym equipment should be able to be replaced rather quickly or fixed. There are lots of different places in big cities and small cities that fix gym equipment. You know, whether it be a second wind or a Johnson or push pedal pull. I mean, there's a lot of different places here in like the Minneapolis region that will come out and fix gym equipment. You just need to pick up the phone and make the call and write the check. But that's part of owning a business. That's part of owning a gym. Like you need to do these things. So at the end of the day, it really is a partnership between the gym owner and the patrons to make sure a gym is successful, right? But it starts with the gym owner to enforce the rules among the patrons to ensure they follow them. So that way it cuts down on things that the gym owner has to do in terms of equipment replacement, in terms of bad clientele. Because if you enforce the rules as a gym owner and you actually have to revoke memberships based on people who disrespect your property, that's a good thing for you. Because in the long term, in the long run, it's going to lead to less work. Every gym should print out rules and put them on the wall. These rules are well known by everybody, but sometimes they just need to be reminded of them. Like re-racking your weights should be common fucking sense. But some people just need to be reminded that, hey, you actually need to re-rack your weights in this gym. It's not acceptable to leave your shit lying around. If and when I ever open a gym, like you bet your ass I'll have the rules. I'll have the Ten Commandments of my gym plastered on a wall. I'll have a three-strike policy, and if you break them three times, you're gone. I'm going to have the best equipment possible because that's what I believe in. And should something break, I'll make sure that that gets replaced in a timely manner, as soon as possible. If that means I have to pay an extra couple hundred dollars to get it there two days early, you bet your ass I'm going to do it. I'm not going to deprive my customer base of something that they pay for because I'm trying to save a few dollars. That's just selfish. But that's who I am. And that's who my listeners of Fitness Informants, the Be Informed Live Fit podcast, know about me. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all things gym etiquette. I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. Uh, I think it's, I think I'm right on everything. And uh, again, would love to hear from you guys. Make sure you leave us a comment, a review, subscribe. Follow us on all our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Fitness Informant is on YouTube. It's youtube.com backslash fitnessinformanttv. Um, would love, love to hear from the fans. You can subscribe to our newsletter to stay up to date with everything from FI. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com backslash fitnessinformant. We're at fitnessinformant on Instagram, at fitinformant on Twitter and Snapchat, readily available for everybody and everything. Working on getting Tim Morello uh, from uh, Spasmatic Days uh, here on the podcast. Talk about his new pump product called Jurassic Pump and his mindset when it comes to innovation within this category. We'll be flying down to Chicago, Illinois here soon to meet with the crew down at Ghost to film some content with them. And we're making a road trip this summer out to the big state of New York, New York City, to uh, 
Check out some of the people that we work with here at Fitness Informant and film some content as well. So a lot of cool stuff coming up. And the Olympia is uh, just five months away, uh, four months away now. Uh, so we're not very far from the Olympia, September 12th through the 15th. We will be going representing the media and uh, stoked about that, stoked about Vegas and stoked about the Olympia. So we appreciate you all tuning in. We appreciate your support for the last year. I love it. I love you. I love everybody who is who's just helped us get to where we are today. So thank you very much for that. We hope that you were able to take a few nuggets of information away from this podcast. As always, we want you to be informed, live fit, 